I feel so, like we should be. Oh, go ahead. No, I, you. I was just gonna say there's uh there's rainbows in this one. There oh, weren't yeah. in the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> was there not a rainbow in the very very first one? I was trying to figure out if that was like an untouched bit of leprechaun mythology that it took them until leprechaun back in the hood to to address. <laughs> Interesting. Six movies in. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the inspiration for Drag Me to Hell <laughs> is the beginning of this movie and I have Back to the Hood to thank for that Um, you know I like the movie you guys I do too honestly there's something uh, this is a really weird bit and like I I really wonder how many other long-running franchises have anything even close to the strangeness of the Leprechaun in the Hood duology inserted in the middle of its mm-hmm. run. But these two have been conspicuously better acted. Yes! And, like, it is really a, 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 an immense step up in terms of a lot of production quality. So um, much. Oh my God, two yes. Movies. Like, bizarrely so. Maybe part of it was just because the sort of series nadir of Leprechaun in space came right before these, so these look sharper by comparison. But these are much... These feel a lot more like actual movies. Yeah, they do. It's not a kid's kitty meal that's the full meal we're eating tonight i honestly enjoyed this movie i think that like dixon said the acting was great we've seen good acting in these movies i'm thinking particularly in three obviously y'all know i love three um there was great acting in the hood the first one um this is no different and it's maybe better like i think it's really grounded characters with like some chemistry and subtext and i but i think what i liked about this movie the most is i feel like is that i feel like this movie follows a horror movie formula way more than previous leprechaun movies Mm -hmm. um there's like a great like prologue like beginning that's like creepy and then we like really are with the with the characters for a long time and then like all of the tension that's built feels like much more mature than the sort of like kind of sloppy just like throwing the leprechaun in there real quick and he's just annoying <laughs> that yeah. was the case in all the other movies i am taking too long to say i think this was well directed you know i like i i i rewatched it very recently the first time I watched it, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was, like, the last little bit of, like, COVID that I had that made me turn against this movie <laughs> so hard. Because I, I, I don't know if y'all remember from, like, the, the text thread, but I was definitely talking about this movie, like, let's get it over with. I just want to gut this fucking movie out on a frickin' way. You sounded like that, too. It was all voice memos. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Hello? <laughs> this this series went down to friggin' hell. 
PJ has a fever. <laughs> I don't I don't like it anymore. It's not coming from my phone. The sounds are right out my window. <laughs> PJ is a president from like the early 1900s. Uh, PJ is a little boy. Um, <laughs> but like I was I was hard against this movie and then I rewatched it recently and maybe I just needed a, a second viewing to like kind of come around on it. There is like a surprising amount about this movie that I respect. Mm-hmm. I think it is pretty goddamn well directed. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks and feels technically um, a lot more weirdly more assured than the last one, even mm-hmm. though this director has way fewer credits. Agreed. Um, it commits to being a horror movie way harder. Yes. Mm. And it gives us the um, Leprechaun Gets Stoned section of the movie, which for my money is like, that. That that's the kind of shit you make a Leprechaun movie for. And, and that's some of my favorite shit in the whole franchise. But there mm. is something... <laughs> There's something about this movie that keeps it from being totally satisfying to me. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's the fact that they... It's both the most refreshing thing about this movie and also what makes me turn against it. That it (laughs) kind of gives up on the comedic elements. And I would argue... Here's kind of my thesis for this episode is I think... It does the leprechaun herself dirty. Mm-hmm. I I think it I think it kind of fucks up the formula on on Love Dawn, on Homegirl. I think it I think it kind of does her wrong. I totally get that. I mean, these are different. It might as well be a different franchise. I mean, not yeah. quite, but like close. Like for for starters, no rhymes. No rhymes. Much less humor. It it asks different things of Warwick. Yes. My thesis, my mm. hot take, Warwick's best performance. He has toned it that. down so much. Like he yeah. seems to have really subtle. streamlined it. It's like scary, subtle, real reactions. Even him, I think this was his best we've seen a few marijuana like marijuana scenes. This is in the our best. Lives. Yeah, in my <laughs> this is the third in my life. This is the best one. They were yeah. more annoying in the past. This one, I really felt like he like got high and prepped for this. Well, like the other, the, the other leprechaun smoking weed bit, he doesn't get high. He no. just he just takes ice tea's joint and like has a couple puffs and then like bites his fingers off. In this one, yeah. a guy fucking like smokes him out. Yeah. Like this brought me back to. Uh, a fella who, in retrospect, was definitely trying to hook up with me, who gave me like seven hits off of GB when I didn't Ooh. know what that was. So then I went to a party and just kind of stood in place because I thought it was really <laughs> funny how my joints like would creak after I stood for a while in the same place and moved. It's still funny. It, yeah, <laughs> I was right to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who thought it was weird, they don't have podcasts, do no, they? They're not um, funny. They're not funny. I do want to agree with you, Peach. But I don't think it bothers me, just that, like, it's interesting that this one lacks the comedy. I'm almost taking it as, like, a, 
Leprechaun is simply a medium for movie genres to put themselves onto. <laughs> like, it literally, yeah. like, it literally feels like we move through time and space and we find a different dimensional leprechaun to sort of like put our narrative on whether that be like a grimy casino ridiculous space movie or like a genuinely scary horror film that happens to be placed in like the hood i i mean i think that there is more of a paucity of comedic scenes but i'm not fully sure i can get on board with that because there's like quite a few moments i thought were either trying to be funny or were genuinely funny and like I think that it's definitely not as much of a through line as it was in, say, 4, for example. But I overall thought it was a bit more lighthearted than uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. I think what I mean is, like, this is this has a plenty of funny moments that I laughed at. But I don't feel like I would have called this, like, a comedic... I wouldn't call this one a comedy, personally. Hmm. It's, like, it's a lot less spoofy goofy yeah um, than moments of the first one i we have we have so much to dissect and so much to deconstruct with this movie but um before we get any further into the semiotics of leprechaun back to the hood in the first like 10 minutes of our record hey motherfuckers welcome to dead horse uh a podcast about film franchises I I don't I don't remember the intro. Does someone want to save me here? The overextended, underdiscussed. Oh, there's a third one I can't remember. But when stuff happens one. a lot, the long one. This is our longest franchise to date, and I think as of this episode, the most we've ever talked about one franchise on a weekly basis. Yep. I don't think we've hit six before. Nope. No. Ooh, and still yielding positive dividends. Yeah. I think. Um, I've been really pretty chuffed about the Leprechaun series as a whole. There are moments when I wish the events in my life weren't tied to also watching these films and thinking about them and oh my God. taking notes on them while I worry about, like, money and stuff. But, you know, as, as filmic entities. But for me, it, like, helped me get richer just watching them all. <laughs> I didn't pay for them. Yes, I did. Wall Street doesn't want you to know about this. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess, okay, I just need to, like, or like slightly alter i guess it's like i did think this is funny but i think the horror outshines the comedy so that's not what i'm yeah yeah you know what that's not what i'm leaving mm. with personally whereas like leprechaun 3 was a riot to me yeah um but yeah i just overall i feel like this was warwick's best performance it was well directed um it was funny and uh yeah i liked it i did not like you know love it but i really like <laughs> you know i um i did some some reading on the leprechaun franchise i um imagine that um this is i mean this is a noteworthy entry because to date this is fucking warwick's swan song i becky i agree with you that this is his best performance and like you were saying different things are asked of him here and this is his last one. He said that he would do more. We have two entries to go. He is in neither of them. 
I'm a little nervous about them. I'm real nervous about the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mel Magazine had a really, really great oral history of the Leprechaun franchise that I hadn't read until now. And it revealed a couple things to me that are, as far as I'm concerned, big pieces of the puzzle. The first one, to go all the way back to the very beginning, to Warwick signing on to do these, um... This is a quote from Mark Jones. He says, Warwick told a story in his book that he and his wife had had their first child, but it had passed away, so he and his wife were very depressed. He'd gotten the script and thought, you know, it would get us out of England, and it would give us something else to think about, so rather than sit here and mourn the loss of a child, let's go make something productive. Was this for the first one? That's for the first one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And by that point, you know, Warwick Davis was already, like, you know, established. Like, mm-hmm. Willow was, like, a pretty, like, successful, beloved fantasy adventure movie, which has a sequel coming out um, on Disney Plus at the end of this year. So Warwick has, like, continued working. Um, I'm really grateful that this gave me, like, the window into his body of work and, like, skill set that it had. I don't, I don't know when else I would have done a deep dive on the work of Warwick Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's here's what I've learned about, like, the directions that the series starts taking. Um, after Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in Space, um, Brian Trenchard Smith had pitched an idea to um, Trimark that Leprechaun 5 would be Leprechaun in the White House. And it would have been... It, which I think Trenchard Smith would have done a great job with. Um, it would have been like this weird political satire where the leprechaun is going around like fancy buildings killing politicians um, and killing like a Bill Clinton lookalike, which I would have been so down for. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they hire this director, Rob Spera, who had done some like low budget fantasy horror movies to do leprechaun in the white house they change course after they've hired him here is rob sparrow's quote um the movie was going to be leprechaun in the white house but then they decided to change it to leprechaun in the hood i said i'm sure i can't write that i might be able to direct it but we're gonna need to bring on some different writers perhaps some african-american writers we went through a handful of writers for it to get where it needed to be and then we were still writing and changing things when we were filming. I loved the young actors who starred in it. They brought a lot of life and energy to it. And I really loved working with Ice-T. That, that tells me something. That, like, it, it, it tells me maybe why there are successful parts of, like, the script of Leprechaun in the Hood. Um, it is a big relief to me that Rob Spera had, like, some small degree of awareness of, like, the out-of-his-lanedness um, of that movie. But it also indicates to me that, like, it's actually, it's the studio. It's it's Mark Amin, the owner of Trimark, who's being, like, m- maybe a little careless with some of this. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to the next movie, um, and they've gotten this, like very small time um independent horror and fantasy director whose name is steve iram louie to direct leprechaun six now the movie that he had been preparing was 
like we were saying, like a conventional straight down the line, like group of teenagers slasher movie um, that was going to be set on. I, I think there was a while where it was going to be um, like a spring break movie. He had written a 70 page treatment Um it was going to be spring break or it was going to be Venice beach. They hadn't decided. And pretty far down the line, according to Steve, the studio says, we're actually rethinking this. Leprechaun five did so well that we want to do the hood again. So just take your idea and transfer it to the hood. Um, he wanted to keep a female protagonist. He wanted as much action as possible. And he wanted the leprechaun to be like the terminator. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> mm. But this movie, unlike really any of the entries except for the first one, this is the only one that has like one single writer director. Um and I uh, I don't know. I think that's where for me some of the tension starts to happen because I think there's something a little bit With a lot of these, like, teens getting killed types of horror movies, a lot of the fun is, like, taking a little bit of, like, sadistic glee in watching a monster come for these people. And when you start mixing that with, like, a drama that is about, like, that is is pretty, like, straightforward about, like, the difficulties of these people who live in, like, a fucking working class black neighborhood where like the the police are targeting them. That's where I think it starts to get like a little That's the stuff about this movie that I find irksome. Mm-hmm. When when Lubdon is actually killing someone, um, and it seems like it takes a little bit of joy in that, that's where I start to get like uh, I start to get uncomfortable. I, I definitely agree with you there, and I think part of it is, like, a bit of the strangeness of the tone. Because I think in the last movie, the attitude uh, that the movie had towards its protagonist as they were getting fucked with and killed with the leprechaun was extremely explicitly, like, they do not deserve this. Yes, like, that's this true. Is, this is heartbreaking that this is happening to them. And, like, it took that very seriously. Yeah. Um, it didn't take, you know... Unless they're trans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and then it's funny! Um, uh, but, like, that is not... Even though I think the protagonists are, like, as well-drawn and well-acted and uh, thought out in a lot of ways as they are in the previous movie, um, the attitude as a whole that the film has toward them doesn't feel as consistent um yeah does that make sense in this movie yeah compared to last movie or just throughout it compared to last movie yeah no i totally agree which is i think why i like it more because i was able Mm. to it felt more like of the screen or it felt like... <laughs> you get it? Ugh, fuck, fuck off. Um, it felt more like a scream movie, you know, mm-hmm. like where, like, like a shitty teenagers. And PJ, you make a really salient point when you like where it is a bit icky. 
But I think the movie warrants everything that happens by treating at least the main two with like a lot of reverence and care. That's true. Um, it's not like they were like, well, let's fuck like completely fuck over the hood. I didn't f- get that vibe from the movie. Yes. But I think what the difference between five and six, right? Yeah, for me, is that the way that they treated the death scene of one of the main characters in five was like really beautiful and we all were like he doesn't deserve it it just very much came out of the blue because it wasn't like it wasn't like set up like a regular horror film where like that's building to it and you know it's gonna happen and it feels correct tonally Mm -hmm. so it was like way out of the blue and i was like super destroyed by that like death whereas when the best friend dies in six it feels like an appropriate step for the main character to then have to like go on her journey um Mm. so i don't know i think it's just more formulaically like consistent to me but definitely Mm. super different than five yeah i and i think i get what you're saying too about like the the formulaicness of it which isn't necessarily a bad thing the like way that the narrative goes is much more sort of archetypal yeah um the leprechaun isn't just sort of like introduced in the beginning scene as like a fucking little stinker and like is constantly being cut to throughout the film and he he definitely does like kind of he starts with a little intro scene sure but he's presented as a threat and then there's like half an hour of him being like in the margins watching uh the terminator comparison is very apt because there's like cut to him like in a tree watching like while all of the this is something i loved the characters actually find the gold and spend the gold like we get to see like the act like the actual realization of the temptation to spend the leprechaun's gold and like how that changes one's life before leprechaun comes and you know kills everybody Mm -hmm. totally which was i i it baffles me that that has not been explored (laughs) in five previous films (laughs) it's like everything finally came to like an actual organic conclusion in this one for me whereas like yeah in other ones they were just like i'm holding the gold now i'm powerful (laughs) (laughs) now i can make a wish (laughs) i yeah but i agree i think the formulaicness serves the movie you know it simply is what it is it's like a, a more concretely horror slasher film with like a really weird comedic element Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think it's stronger for it um should we try to take a crack at a summary here i was wondering that yeah 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 do you want to go for it you got it who were you talking to (laughs) you (laughs) okay (laughs) okay dixon's like fuck oh shit um you you can't see who i'm pointing to from georgia (laughs) um so we start off uh with um somebody opens a book to newgrounds.com for a little (laughs) flash animation explaining leprechauns um and we so leprechauns yeah leprechauns are apparently like a forest spirit and they try to keep golds out of the hand of hands of bad people. Um, but there's one leprechaun who doesn't vibe with all of them. And he's kind of a little stinker. Um, <laughs> and so we, uh, we open proper uh, after 
you hit the end of the strong bad email and the printer <laughs> paper comes down that says email strong bad um where uh a a hmm, where uh father jacob uh is fighting the leprechaun in what will be a youth center um and he does something he he fucking flings clover water all over the leprechaun and uh the leprechaun is dragged to hell by a bunch of little hands hell is in this case a bunch of wet cement um a year later uh we meet our protagonists uh emily lisa um jamie and rory um all of whom uh are lamenting that this youth center never got built eventually one of them falls through the cement or the floor of the youth center and finds the leprechaun's gold near where he got dragged to hell. They split it up amongst the four of them and they just start spending a bunch of the leprechaun gold. This of course wakes him up and he starts um, revenging himself upon them uh, with great uh, loved on verve. Um, yeah. Nice. Pretty. Did I, is there anything I missed that's pretty important there? Um, well, I'm sure we'll get into it and maybe you said this, <laughs> but uh, it's largely centered around Emily and Rory's, like, relationship, and, like, they had broken up four months ago. Um, Rory's got a new girl. It's very sad for Emily. But, um, yeah, so a lot of it is based around, like, their push and pull, which mm. was, I thought, really well done. I think maybe... Part of the reason that I was, like, a, a little bit more unwilling to commit to uh, the uh, there being a relative lack of comedy in this one is because the leprechaun has never been shot with a gun more. So, he <laughs> People, will take a bullet for you. He's the best friend you could ask for. <laughs> everyone, everyone gets a shot, literally. <laughs> leprechaun take, doesn't just take bullets. Leprechaun is beat to shit in this one. They kick him. They, they punch him. They kick they his ass. They punch him a lot. So much. They kick him yeah. and punch him and he just get he keeps getting up until people are physically exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> it's excellent. Yeah. Um and he jumps a lot more. <laughs> yeah, he he does a lot of like uh off the turnbuckle like <laughs> WWE stuff in this one. It's, it's sick. <laughs> I'm more I, scared of him because I'm like, ah, oh, he feels really agile. <laughs> <laughs> I you you bring something up, which is that one of the main ways that he has of killing people is of tuckering them out because they keep trying to beat the shit out of him, and it's not gonna work. It's just, I mean, they really, really commit to making the leprechaun like at, at least Steve Iram Louis understanding of like what a what a horror monster should be and in some ways i'm like you know i'm glad that that warwick got a chance to be like a straightforward like scary horror villain in something but there are other ways where i'm like no i want i want my my chirpy little boy back i yeah. i want i want him to come back and be a trickster here's here's a thing that i am very pedantic about and i might be alone in this but I, this is the first time that they've ever redesigned his costume, and mm. boy, I fucking hate it. 
I, I don't think know. he looks cool. I hate this welcome to the black notice. parade redesign <laughs> of him. He doesn't even look like a leprechaun anymore. They made him all gothic and he looks like you, you know how there's like a couple like stock costume types at every bad like local haunted house and one of them is like the dark gentleman and it's just like <laughs> it's just like a guy with like a fucking black top hat and long hair and you're just like are you Jack the Ripper? Are you a vampire? Are you are you a guy who like Hangs outside of yoga studios and smiles a lot. <laughs> you Were like... you almost a finalist in Ink Master? <laughs> How many vests do you own, guy? I didn't even notice he wasn't wearing green. I it bugged the fuck out of me. I, look, I'm I'm someone who's very protective of like <laughs> monster iconography in movies. I think that's where they get a lot of their power from. Like, I'm a bitch that loves me some Bela Lugosi Dracula. I love me some flat top Boris Karloff. I love a good monster design. And I think if you stray too far away from, like, the Lucky Charms thing with Love Dawn, like, it feels like you're reinventing the wheel a little bit. And mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like him having a cape. I don't like him having a fucking cane. I think it's fun when he has a cape and he jumps off of stuff and makes little noises. Well, you're wrong. (laughs) He makes a lot of little noises in this one. Yeah, no, there's a couple of times where, like, mid-fade out, like, the leprechaun has been stymied in a chase and he starts, like, walking towards wherever the protagonists are going and then right before one image fully fades out, Warwick just throws in, like, a... (laughs) um i mean it does feel like a different one but the through line is work you know yeah like and i I think that's why i can accept it because otherwise i'd be like yeah there's no rhymes it's like way less intentionally a comedy it's not really making fun of itself (laughs) you know but i feel like work was like held back by the rhymes because this one didn't even try. Mm. And as much as, like, that's the thing, and, like, I accepted it, and it's, like, kind of funny, like, I yeah, think... Yeah, scream as you may. Scream <laughs> as you might. Sort of... 100%. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> it's, like, I still even heard it in this one a little bit. I could still hear him almost wanting to wanting run, but the to, lions yeah. just didn't. But I just think, like, he was able to, like, fully step in because it was, like, more real Mm -hmm. i don't know but um i hear you peach it was a different it was a different one it's a different dimension and it's a sad one i still (laughs) i'm the dark gentleman fucking killed me (laughs) just like a like a dimly lit pub yeah mr cheekbones (laughs) mr mr longman um the one guy who's seen penny dreadful and thinks you'll really like it this is homework you have to watch it if you're going to date me (laughs) i uh no you know what i think um if if we are taking at face value the like um multiverse leprechaun theory where like every movie is like a different leprechaun i think this movie um i think this movie affirms that and i i do think it's if if we're taking that at face value then it's actually probably a good idea to meet like the one leprechaun who is like 
a a a bad threatening motherfucker who's who seems small and seems silly um but is unkillable and movie after movie <laughs> keeps coming back um and in some ways like maybe that even makes it like a better idea of like let's take another whack at like what would what would this thing do with like an all black cast if we like if we actually took that a little bit more seriously and treated it less as like a comedic theme y- y- you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and you know there's one thing that's actually kind of standing out to me is that of of all the places where they actually like there was kind of an upgrade um the staging cinematography um all have some like very serious upgrades like this looks way more like a fucking movie um this one also has a soundtrack Mm -hmm. um like like this one actually has like songs that you could you could imagine like a a a self-respecting adult like listening to in their free time um (laughs) it, it it has it has a lot fewer like yo 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 this is a film uh songs that are written by like uh like an old white man who writes like like jingles for like (laughs) as seen on tv infomercials which is unfortunate Um, because the last movie was about literal rap stars (laughs) but you know i almost wish like you could just merge like the best parts of five and the best parts of six into one like Mm-hmm. into one proper movie um but i mean like becky you were saying earlier like the cast of this movie actually is pretty fucking strong the people that i really want to put a, a highlight on are um Paige kennedy um as jamie who is the resident like stoner goofball of the movie so happy to see him and our three leads live and like triumph over the leprechaun and like have legitimately heroic beats where there's like heroic horns on the Mm -hmm. soundtrack um uh tanji miller who grounds the whole movie as emily our our hero girl our final girl um is is really really down to like is is one of the most straightforward person who exists in the real world who i can understand protagonist in like maybe the entire series yeah um and i can also tell that something went really well between her and steve iram louie because she goes on to work with him in like his next two features his next movie after this is a rom-com called love and other four-letter words and she has a story by credit on it Hmm. so Something went right there. Um, and then Laz Alonzo as mm-hmm. as Rory, um, our our hero guy. While admittedly, I do think the protagonists are like maybe less interesting and less colorful than like they were in the last movie. I think they're really well played. Um I this is this is so wild. Did you know that La that Laz Alonzo is in Avatar? That's cool. He has had a really uh, enviable career. I mean, I haven't finished it, so maybe the character is dead now, but I'm pretty sure now you can see him in The Boys. He's Mother's Milk. Oh, um, fuck. He's... Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. 
Mm-hmm. He was also, uh, I think, the antagonist of one of the Fast and Furious movies, I think four. Like, he had a really lovely career. Yeah, and it, I mean, and it makes sense. I thought he was great. I agree with you, Peach. You make a good point. The last movie, um, the three characters were simply more interesting, but I just think they were really well played, and I kind of like the simplicity of it, you know? Mm -hmm. They used to be in love, and they're figuring it out, and I really believed it. And I believed it from the moment we were introduced to Emily looking at Rory across the street with a new girl on his bike. We'd never seen him before, but instantly I knew they had a history and that it was hard and that she still had feelings for him and that he did too, but he was repressing it. And like, I was like, I am actually really impressed they communicated that so simply. Visually. Yeah, visually, Mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of visual communication in this film, so... The the opening flash animation is <laughs> technically within the confines of a book. Like, it's, you know, of pages being turned and we see little animations having happening on the book. Just about every transition from one location to another mm-hmm. is accompanied by a straight-up PowerPoint page turn, like, animation. <laughs> or so corny. a clock wipe. I re I respect the audacity. I am I, I celebrate strong choices in media, but that I couldn't quite hang with those. <laughs> totally. There are probably like fifteen to twenty of those. Like it they <laughs> they it, 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 but there never seems to be any. I'd get it. I still wouldn't like it, but I'd get it if there were all page turns or if there were all clock wipes. But they keep switching, like, what kind of wipe they're doing from one scene to another. Yeah. And I can't figure out why, why this happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so true. There was a page turn that I happened to wake up and realize was happening, like, halfway through the movie. And I was like, Hello? Wait, why are we we in the book? Um, I also feel like the beginning, like, lore of the Leprechaun that, like, seemingly answers all the questions we've been asking every single movie, it's kind of interesting, but I'm just like, I don't know, you guys are six movies in, you can't decide this now, (laughs) like, you can't just, like, now tell us, and it doesn't even make logical sense that one leprechaun would have been doing all these things mm-hmm. and that that and that they're like satanic you know <laughs> or at least one of them is yeah like, like one of them is they seem to paint like the rest of the leprechaun species is sort of like not evil not good just sort of you know avatars of the forest but then there's one little fucker you know and i how does he get to space how does he get there i don't know and he just gets too high I (laughs) and like I was fine with that you know but like I was fine with the lack of continuity but like if you try to but if you try to explain it then I'm like well no (laughs) yeah (laughs) because they've just gone so far beyond the realm of like 
any of this could possibly be explained or like wrapped up in oh so that's why he has xyz power in this so like the feint at trying to make to clear all of this up at the start of film six is a little (laughs) like what yeah i definitely wish we started out with jacob the the um sweating terrified pastor who's like drinking before his ultimate demise at the beginning i thought that was a great mm-hmm. beginning and it was really really gripping and i wish we started there but i just basically like pretend the first part didn't exist <laughs> you know what though i first of all i as as much as the flash animation um observation is like very fucking funny to me because it does feel very johnny rocket fingers <laughs> um it's uh I that that reference means nothing to ninety eight percent of the listeners and to the two percent that it did. Um, they're gonna Venmo me five dollars. <laughs> um, as as much as it does feel flash, I do think it's very like skillfully done, oh, I like fluid, it, yeah. beautiful yeah, looking. Um, I almost like above the pay grade of a Leprechaun movie. Um, well, instantly I was like, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Um, there's, there's something about tracing it back to Celtic mythology just to be like, Hey, I, I know he went to space. I know you've seen him smoke a blunt with with zombie fly girls. I know you've seen him rap, but before we take him back to the hood and have him smoke another bong, here's, here's what it used to be. Here's, here's what we're comparing all of these things to. I almost wonder if if you cleared the board and none of the other movies existed and you were making a if you were starting over and rebooting the franchise with what if a leprechaun were scary he came into modern day and there's a comedic fish out of water element but he is ultimately threatening because um, at three foot six this little motherfucker is unkillable and weirdly horny. Um, and, and loves feeling beautiful. Okay. If you cleared the board and started with this one, I almost, I almost wonder if this would be like a more successful, like place to start with a leprechaun movie. Yeah. No, 100%. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense to me. It feels like a different kind of movie that's more better organized and more successful but i'd still have love for the chaos that was one through four you know and like how those were really trying to figure out what it was about you know yeah this feels like the when the studio came in it's the big budget one (laughs) like and it's not really but it just feels like someone was actually watching Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I also do wonder a bit about that because, PJ, you said in, in the reading you were doing that um, the studio had said, like, hey, Leprechaun 1 did, uh, Leprechaun yeah. in the Hood did so well. So maybe they did get a little bit more to play with. Um, and I had something else I was going to say, but it's gone now. Sorry. No, it's okay. This, this is, why, why were you talking on our podcast? <laughs> I was thinking about talking. <laughs> fuck, fuck, you, you were. <laughs> Um. You know, there's something about the, like, the morality play thing, where the the leprechaun does mostly go after people whose 
greed has been um, un- unmasked by um, what the offer of gold will will do to you. Um, and, 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 you know, that's what makes three this, like, hidden gem um, of, like, a very successful, fun, ridiculous, like, horror comedy is that it's it, it it takes place in this like hub of greed in Las Vegas, um, and what's what's interesting about the ones that are set in the hood is that you have these people who have a pretty like good justified reason for wanting to spend the money that they get from like a pot of gold that they just fucking found lying around. I mean this. This entry isn't, like, the last one where they, like, broke into a guy's house, shot him, and robbed him, and then have to, like, pay for the grisly consequences of an understandable but misguided decision that they made in desperation. Um, But it's, like, I don't know. This one feels like... It just feels so brutal because you know you get that montage of them actually like enjoying getting to like spend money for the first time and getting to like getting to have nice things yeah yeah Um, it's beautiful like it's joyful yeah yeah i mean this this movie like had it's grim in the beginning like we see people waiting in a pretty desolate area at a bus stop. They drive in their car and one of the main characters like legitimately cries when her car breaks down. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It just made like the reality of the gold way more legitimate, you know, yeah. and their reactions to it. And it also like the, it just made the characters really sympathetic. I don't know. I wonder if it's a bit like oversimplifying what the hood is but i don't know maybe that i don't don't No, i know what you mean i'm with you but i mean that does happen so it was i thought well played but it tell me tell me if you think i'm off base here because i i don't know i'm kind of fishing around here i kind of wondered like the what is what is her name esmeralda the psychic is Mm. so explicit with them about like don't take the gold. Don't take the gold. Um, and there's there's something about seeing them, like, live lavishly that kind of feels like it's wagging its finger at them. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just, like, a, a classical structural ingredient of a fucking horror movie that you make an understandable decision that's forbidden... And now, whatever, the Lamia is going to drag you to hell in three days. Whatever it is. Yeah, but, I mean, that is... I think that's a great point of comparison for this weirdness, is drag me to hell. Um, Because, like, in that movie, um, you know, the circumstances are maybe not understandable and maybe we wouldn't act the same thing but this this there are certain reasons given and she chooses to do something evil and she is punished in an outsized way for that decision but you know in terms of just like here's how horror movies work she chose to do that she bit yeah. um, and it really is like all they were given that's like hey maybe don't do this is going to see a psychic who is like 
hey, you're going to get rich soon, but, like, don't do that. Which, like, I don't know. Yeah, it was a little vague, too. If I found a bunch of gold, I wouldn't be like, "Uh, actually, no. I think if I went to a psychic, (laughs) I might put those two dots together. But I can't can't say that for everyone. I don't know. Like, (laughs) Yeah. It it seemed the... I don't don't know. It seemed, like you were saying, PJ, just a tad finger waggy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to get carried away making assumptions about this director and the lens that he is taking on this all-black cast and on this neighborhood. I don't know a fucking thing about this guy. I don't know where he grew up. I don't know, you know. There's a lot about him that I don't know. I, I believe he is a white guy. Um, and I, I, there's a lot that I don't know about him and his lens on this thing, but every once in a while I was like, is this, it's usually very sympathetic because we find ourselves fucking rooting for these characters and understanding their decisions and why they make the choices that they make. Um, but there are, you know, I mean, here, here I am. I'm like, I'm like a white, whatever critic podcaster uh, moron uh, puppet enthusiast whatever honorific you want to fucking put on my name here so i don't know doctor (laughs) um no but i play one on a podcast um fucking there are these moments where i'm like i don't know is he is he leering is he leering here? Is he is he judging their decisions to like go and buy nice stuff to uh, go and like buy clothing? Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely like the the look the tone of how what is the name of the woman that Rory is dating who Emily is jealous of? I don't remember her, I don't remember. but there there is there is a a moment of her death involving like smelting the gold coin into a gold tooth um and a a righteousness in the yeah that bitch is gonna get it of her death that to me felt a little bit unpleasant i liked that because she's like a villain you know like when they got cars and like they got nice things i don't know personally i do feel like there's a bit of finger wagging but at the angle of like because that that's a strings attached situation not because like they're bad people whereas she is a bad person from the lens of our main character so like she got what was coming Mm -hmm. i don't know that's how Uh, i watched it chanel is the character's name yeah like like because it felt like i mean yeah she's supposed to get what was hers because she was really mean to our hero i don't know that's like what the horror movie formula felt like to me That Mm -hmm. is totally a horror movie formula. And I might be, I really might be overthinking this here or like, like overextending myself here, much like a franchise. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I mean, these, we should say like, these movies are like, uh, like a weird Rorschach test. Both of the Leprechaun and the Hood movies. There are people who are like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is weird and insensitive and gross and rife with stereotypes, and I really don't fucking like this. There are people who enjoy them as, like, so bad it's good stoner comedies. And then there are people who, like, enjoy them at, like, 
at face fucking value who are like, yo, these are really fun and weird and inventive. And I watch them either every St. Paddy's Day or every Halloween. Um, and, and, you know, who are like excited about this like zany, bizarro series having like these these all black casts that we get like legitimately in, like fucking invested in yeah. and we root for and this time around we actually get to see them fucking triumph and survive over this like this little like european fucking cunt with his top hat <laughs> like <laughs> my favorite way you've ever referred to him is look <laughs> is <laughs> Look at that ancient pervert. (laughs) (laughs) When was that? (laughs) Just looking at a still of him. Um, Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I think I I think also, yes, another reason I like this movie. Well, another thing I liked about the movie was um, they win. And it wasn't like this weirdo like, oh, you have an all black cast. Now they they don't win. (laughs) You know, Um, they win. Like like in all the other previous films, yeah. There's there is one death among the core foursome, um, and, and, but most of our protagonists come out relatively unscathed. Yeah. Um, fucking one of them does get uh, his knee stabbed with the broken end of a baseball bat. Yeah. Which that Holy made me Ugh. a lot of impaling um, in this one. Yeah. This I think ups the gore quotient a bit. Um, the, like, our, one of the secondary antagonists, Watson, um, who is in a sort of turf war with Rory, um, he is the one who uppercuts the leprechaun a bunch in a pretty, I've, I've kvetched about the, the editing in this, but there is a, like, 30 second montage of one guy uppercutting the leprechaun over and over again. That got like some deep belly laughs out of me, and it ends with the leprechaun ripping out his heart. <laughs> it, yeah, he just like it's honestly like a genius plan. It's just like I'll just stay here, yeah, I'll and he'll <laughs> get tired, and then I'll rip out his heart. Um, yeah, bullet. It doesn't matter. Nothing brings him down except cement. <laughs> And he, yeah, the the ultimate end of the leprechaun left me with some questions. Yeah. But he also rips a cop's leg off. Sick. Which, that's great Peak to of see. the series, maybe. Love it. Absolutely. And I think maybe the best executed gag in the series is when... Oh, yeah. Yeah, when uh, Rory and Watson and Watson's gang are, like, getting into a standoff, and then a police car rolls up. And the door of it opens, and you see under the door um, a cop's foot stomp on the ground, and then it falls over, and it's Ooh. the dismembered leg, and then two little leprechaun feet pop out. That shit's real good. It's I... good. It's like a celebration for a second, like, mm-hmm. fuck, fuck pigs, and then you're like, okay, but we have another problem. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, And I think also, you're probably right in that I think this... I'm coming around to this installment not quite making humor as much of its raison d'etre, but I think part of why I was resistant to that is because I think that most of the overtly comedic bits in this movie are pretty funny. 
like there's um the when the leprechaun gets high it's not annoying it's like not. it's, it's good. pretty funny he, <laughs> the like, leprechaun gets really it. high he's like he's like he's the kind of guy who's like okay what's it like <laughs> <laughs> he goes he goes good shit <laughs> and it's like i don't know like pj you were saying like you love leprechaun smoking weed like that's why would you make these movies personally no not for me <laughs> i don't like it but i think it was done so well in this and this is just speaks to work's performance like i just feel like he allowed himself to just be super present in all of it so even yeah. the dumbest things were funny <laughs> Well, like we were, we were talking in Leprechaun Two, I think, because that's the one where he gets drunk and can't hold his liquor, um, which was the first time in the series that I I felt real like real joy of the possibility of in on the bit Leprechaun horror comedy, of and I and I think the thing that I was saying about that one was like seeing him be not just a fish out of water but a fish out of water who's like comedically low status mm-hmm. where there's something there's something vulnerable about him like sitting on a bed with a dude who's smoking him out and he's like giggling and can't hold it and falls down i i i don't know what other what other horror monster does that happen with yeah it's true I, and you ever gonna see freddy krueger like get anxious and be like what if i'm the what if I'm the first one who ever overdoses on weed? <laughs> it's gonna be me. I can feel my heart rate in my eyelashes. Like, am I talking too much? I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> yeah, like that. Just counting his breaths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. My mom's calling me. <laughs> oh, she left a voicemail. <laughs> I'm a bad son. <laughs> oh, I I had a point that I was that I was going towards with this, and it it, it got away from me. But uh, boy, love to see love to see a leprechaun smoke weed. I I'm just thinking about like the cop sequence. Um, the it's it's a a through line through this movie that like the the protagonists take for granted that like the cops aren't on their side and are going to like arrest the wrong person for the wrong thing. Um, and there is, there is a moment where you think like, maybe, maybe there's some universe where like, they might be able to whatever, like stand up to the leprechaun. But, uh, as in real life, they're fucking useless. And, uh, we, we get to see the leprechaun like disembowel them, how often have we seen the leprechaun walking around in like broad daylight? Like how how often have we seen him in like natural exterior <laughs> daylight walking around through like a normal human environment? Yeah. Cuz that felt like it took the fish out of water juxtaposition thing and actually like turned it up all the way to 11 in a way where I was like, "Wait, I'm not just going to get to see cops die. I'm going to get to see it with the most like some of the most visual surrealism of like any of this stuff we've ever 
we've ever gotten anyway it almost felt like a western for a second like seeing yeah. him in like the dusty like uh, that uh, wide overcast. angle yeah mm-hmm. yeah because there's a, a fucking wide where he's like just angrily marching towards them from like a good distance in the new costume that makes him look like he does opening stand-up comedy for game of thrones themed burlesque shows <laughs> and he's just like so mad looking it's great oh shit <laughs> yeah. why is that such a type of guy renfair snm guy yeah renfair snm stand-up guy yeah no that's it that's definitely an archetype i've run into a few times <laughs> they can help us <laughs> they have the tools to help us for me to help me come anyway (laughs) Uh, hey couple notes for you (laughs) i'm like yeah of course you would know better than me anyway um uh something i feel we must say and is true is or at least i think it is is like we you know and pj you were absolutely already touching on this and feeling it in your gut and i'm glad that you said it I do like this movie. I also know, like, it is a uh, watered-down archetypical depiction of, like, a black community that there are probably a lot of things that the three of us watching it wouldn't even pick up on is either dishonest, misconstrued, or just, like, not helpful. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, And... I'm thinking specifically of like some of the women in the salon. I'm sure there are people like that, but there were a lot of like moments, not as much as I thought there would be, frankly, but there were moments where you're just like, well, that's Hollywood. (laughs) Is Leprechaun even Hollywood? I, I another harmful stereotype from Big Leprechaun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like this movie is. Um, I I am glad to know that the black community, from my understanding, responded well to this and they, like, wanted to come back and see it. Like, that's encouraging to me. But, yeah, it just simply not the nuanced piece of art that I'm sure it would have been if we if they had made sure that it was, like, a full black creative team, sure. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I don't know that, like... I don't know that, like, the black community is is of any particular consensus on either of the Leprechaun movies. To the, I mean, to the extent that there is, like, consensus on, like, on, on anything. Um, I just know that there's, like, there, you know, there's a, there's a lot of folks who are, like, into this movie. And there were, you know, the, the scheduling didn't work out of guests that we wanted to bring on to this episode, but, like, I, I knew a bunch of folks who, like, wanted to come and talk about this movie because yeah. they, like, watched it a bunch of times and, like, <laughs> like had feelings about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, no, I think you, I think you said that really, really beautifully. And there's, like, there's, there's so much stuff that we're, I'm sure, missing. Fortunately, there's, like, we are not the first people to ever, like, cover the Leprechaun series. Um, the, the podcast Double Toasted. Um, which is hosted by Corey Coleman from Spill.com, who is a really, really fun, cool, like, 
black film critic and film podcaster from Austin, Texas, um, formerly of spill.com. Um, may it rest in peace. Holy shit. I miss that channel. Um, he has a, a whole series on like the leprechaun movies that is a very, very fun listen. And he has a lot of like objections to these movies. Um, there was also, um, Jesus Christ, I need to find it. Uh, my friend, very funny fucking comic, Patrick Seals, um, sent me a really funny YouTube video essay about the last movie in the series that I want to shout out. Um, Prim's Hood Cinema um, has a video called uh, What Happened in Leprechaun in the Hood? Question mark, question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> There's... There's, there's a ton of other people covering this stuff. Um, but, you know, from from the point of view of, like, the three neurotic dorks over here who are, like, film historians of the Spy Kids series, um, <clears throat> these are really fucking interesting, cool movies, and I'm actually really glad that, that Becky, you had the idea for us to cover them. Yeah. I, uh... Because... I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again, but this very much is the the longest series we've done, and I think there was a lot of trepidation um, once uh, Becky, like, semi-half-heartedly suggested Leprechaun, and PJ and I, like, slobbering freaks were both like, <laughs> you said it, we're doing it! <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, we still got two more, so I'm not trying to count my chickens, especially with the next one's reputation. But overall, I've had a much more um, fun and engaged time at the movies than I expected to. Me too. And I also, you know, for however good or bad they were, what's really cool about this series is, like, we truly did not know what the next one was going to look like every time. It wasn't like you're slugging through another thing that was the exact same thing because it worked the first time. It's like these creators like kept trying and like reinventing this mythology and it many times didn't work but I like appreciate that on some level, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean by the time you hit like Halloween 4 it's like pretty diminishing returns same with like nightmare honestly four is when things start to get really like consistently shitty in uh, in like fucking from texas chainsaw three on two is a perfect film but like three on you know there's some stuff you can you can maybe get your teeth into if you really try but like by and large it's a slog but I this one has been so wildly up and down <laughs> that like I have I I definitely haven't just like put it away Mm-mm. like I have so many other horror franchises like like I'm never going to watch any of the DTV Hellraiser movies like I just I love Hellraiser's 1 through 3 and you know what I also have better th- I've got like rent to pay I've got a loving girlfriend my cat's getting old you know (laughs) Wendell needs you um yeah and like like I've been sort of saying like if if we had started the franchise with this sort of like better more like recognizable formula for a horror film that's like a little more polished and feels like more like a movie with this goofy element that would have been great 
Um, but watching eight of those would have been so boring, right? To watch mm-hmm. eight of like the same caliber of horror film, like the oscillation <laughs> of worth and goodness. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally is understand. fun. Like it has been fun. And I think especially because the first one, I there are movies we've watched that I have liked less than the first one. But I think out of all of these, the most incompetently put together one is the first. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. Mm, it, yeah. It is. Yeah. Just like directed and edited and acted in a way that is By so. a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty good um, for it. <laughs> no, that, I should recalibrate my shit. That dog did that a great dog fucking looked, job. Did, did really good. <laughs> no offense to Mark Jones, who is a good boy. <laughs> but fucking <laughs> now this video, we showed a dog a trip to the moon, and they made this film. <laughs> Look, I it's it's hard to use an avid editing system when you don't have thumbs Mm. so maybe don't be i don't know whatever fucking classist about like you know straight to video cinema um thelma schumacher trying to teach a dog how to splice (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah the 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 legacy of film editing you have uh you have thelma schumacher you got michael Kahn. you know you got (laughs) Kirk Baxter and and you have uh, Mark Jones um, editing for Milk Bones. A dog just barking at Roger Deakins as he films a sunset. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I um, I mean, one of the things that I like about um, the 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 ilk of of movies that we dwell in is, um, straight to video filmmaking has been this like i don't know this world that i've i've never like paid enough attention to and there's something it's it's right in between like proper like independent filmmaking and like like almost like grindhouse b movies where the low budgetedness of them um the like bootstrappiness of of the circumstances that they're working with i mean these are like the people working on these movies are like they're fucking working for their money. They're doing their best with every movie with limited circumstances because they're not too good to be working on these movies. They're looking for their next job. Like again, I don't want to make like too many assumptions about these people that I don't know, but like a couple of these directors have like if you google them, one of the first things that come up are like their LinkedIn pages. Like, Steve Iram Louie is still looking for work, dude. Like, he has a director's reel up on YouTube. That's not... Yeah. That's not terribly different from, like, the circumstances of plenty of of other, like, working film industry people that, like, I know and work and hang out with. Yeah. Um, These are you know these are these are not all not not everyone is the Harvard grad timothy chalamet uncle director of the second one not not everyone is the star of the third one going on to write like flight with denzel washington mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. and because there's like they're they're doing the best they can with what they got you occasionally get these moments of like like real inventiveness and like 
having having stuff that's like legitimately memorable like i one of the things that i i don't think we can really get into the weeds of is that there is a there there's a running joke in this movie of characters going back and forth about whether or not they want to use the n the n word versus saying ninjas um and in in the same way that like um like on spy kids we talked about like shiitake mushrooms becoming like a real life meme like Mm -hmm. i i don't i don't know if i want to credit this movie with like starting that but i do hear people like say that all the time yeah a couple years ago the first time i heard someone saying that and i laughed at it they were like you've seen leprechaun back to the hood right oh really (laughs) swear to god yeah um there there are a lot of ways that this movie like kind of like permeated like I don't know, pop culture a little bit. And like has its it's it's dug its weird little leather stiletto heels into <laughs> in into the into the into the American horror cinema psyche. Um and I uh it's it's a it's a weird little underdog of a series. So I've I don't know. I is it sometimes frustrating? Yes. Is it uh you know, was I exhausted of watching them try to kill the leprechaun by the end of this movie? Yes. Am I am I dreading the next movie, which has horrible reviews and is like a barely related horror movie? Sure. But at the end of the day, look, I have a lot of kinship with Love Don the Leprechaun because he's people underestimate him. He is small, you know, <laughs> he's easy to overlook. He's kind of annoying, and he is transgender. So I, I ultimately, I, please, please make me stop talking. Well, uh, we do like to pull in some some reviews uh, from other sources. Uh, you know, we can't just trust our own word. And usually, I try to shout out ones that have like bizarre texts or what have you. This one is pretty normal, except for the end and just all of us talking about top hat cape uh dark gentleman uh this one really spoke to me i'm only gonna read this headline in the end so the headline is this is more like it by user <laughs> fiendish fiendish drama turkey <laughs> no, no. i'm tentative tentatively anticipating a seventh installment i rate rated higher than most critics simply because this time they tried it rates a 5.8 out of 10 from The Fiend. <laughs> Them? They are The Fiend? <laughs> they are The Fiend. The, the Fiend gives it 5.8 out of 10. Well, the masses have been waiting to hear from The Fiend, <laughs> and now they know what to do with their money. 5.8. <laughs> Everyone in the Coliseum looking to Joaquin Phoenix, who says 5.8. Everyone cheers Russell Crowe. He's wearing a top hat. The the Fiend is right, you know. The Fiend is right. This is is more like it. This is more like it. Wait, hang on. I think another good one. Here's some of the problems with this. The cussing is completely uncalled for. <laughs> you don't hear this kind of cussing in the first few movies combined. <laughs> That's really what offended me about this one. Putting wax on the cartridges? They would jam in the gun right off. Changing the clothes of the leprechaun was silly. The magic lady was the stupid icing on the cake. 
I wish I could forget this. <laughs> this person's right. She was the stupid icing on the cake. I wish I could forget this. You know what? I will say the the fortune teller not so good. Fortune teller yeah. w- literal witch with literal actual witch. powers. Not my favorite. I am sort of like I that punched me in the face and left like a black spot where my vision is where she's standing and I'm, I'm like fine with it meaning i don't want to remember we didn't <laughs> even talk about like the leprechaun does a fucking kamehameha like like generates like an energy ball and, like, <laughs> like throws it at someone jake keeps saying the leprechaun is simply a sith lord <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, oh, right. no, but like, yeah. yeah, which is what makes it so impossible to fight. Scary and frustrating and annoying. It's like, yeah, no, it's true. Wow, Jake's kind of onto something. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of leprechaun deaths at his hands are pretty quick, but he'd be in my bottom tier of like mm. horror movie villains I'd want to get killed by sh- for the sheer humiliation. Who's the top <laughs> villain you want to get killed by, Dixon? The the guy who I most want to get killed by, yeah. Jason. It's over like that. That's Jason quick, quick. kills people extremely quickly for the most part. Freddy, I'd have to do a whole thing. Yeah, and like I'm tired. <laughs> I I just want to go to bed, but because, like, I like to play video games, now I'm having this whole fucking dream where I'm in Elden Ring, and he's like, it's real! (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm really worried about Dixon. He's been uh, going to Camp Crystal Lake and lying down in a sleeping bag a lot. Yeah, screaming, I just fucked! I'm high as shit, I just fucked! I saw a kid drown in the lake, and I didn't do shit about it. (laughs) They're like listening in the bushes. They're like, he didn't fuck. <laughs> yeah, this guy didn't, didn't fuck. fuck. This, this guy can say he doesn't all he likes, but he loves mothers. <laughs> I've always wanted to become a deadite. Hmm. This, would that be fun? It seems kind of fun. You what is dance? Uh, the deadites are the um, the possessed villains of um, of the Evil Dead series. Mm. Um, mostly they. Um, Everything in the Evil Dead franchise is kind of about, like... It's it's kind of about the protagonist just getting fucked with. Um, and so, once you're a deadite, you, uh, your eyes turn white, and you just kind of act witchy. Yeah, you just bother a handsome man. Ah. It doesn't no seem problem. to be that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's my role on this podcast. <laughs> uh. Well... We should probably head out. Yeah. I want I just wanna say goodbye to Warwick. <laughs> yeah. We had quite for me, it was a lot of tep I had a lot of tepid feelings towards him and it just really the crescendo just happened for me in this one and I'm I'm happy to go out like this, so I just wanna tip my hat. For all of the other like reasonable quibbles we have of this film um work really does kill it and it's gonna be a bummer uh when we come back to leprechaun origins 11 years later and we no longer have uh just any kind of an anchor really i am interested i'm interested oh i'm interested. oh i'm oh i'm in- i'm investing interested. money <laughs> i am interested now 
Now, this might be more like it, I'll say. This might be more like it. (laughs) (laughs) Be interested if you might. Yeah, you know, I, um... I guess this is our, uh, our our eulogy for Warwick playing the Leprechaun. I don't know who's editing this episode, but maybe put like Amazing Grace under this or something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I've I've had such a fun time learning about his 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 body of work. Um, I I'm 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 gonna miss uh, seeing him um, put on the top hat and kiss boys and lick people's cheeks and uh, you know I. And, and give me envy of the person who's getting their cheek licked by by Warwick. Um, but I'm, I'm very <laughs> I'm very interested to see the rest of his body of work. I know he did um, a, a BBC series called Life's Too Short with Ricky Gervais, um, which is for being permanently associated with Ricky Gervais, I would say is, Probably more fucking humiliating than like, <laughs> being in any Leprechaun movie. And uh, Warwick, I, I wish you the best, and I hope I never hear your views on trans people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. um, night, night. Good night. <laughs> bye bye. Dead Horse is hosted by Becky Granger, Dixon Cashwell, and PJ Audencia. We'd like to thank Max Huffman for our podcast art. So go to his website at maxhuffman.com and order his book, Cover Not Final. For episode updates, follow us on Instagram at Dead Horse Podcast, and please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Remember, guys, don't forget to get up, get out, and go play. Dum 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 d